whole national got the skanks. Everybody, uh, you know what I'm saying? Check it. Well, it's the M.I. cricket letter. Ain't no one better. And when I'm on the microphone, you best to wear your sweater. Cause I'm cooler than the polar bear's toenails. Oh, hell, then he go again. Talking that shit. Bend corners like I was a curve. I struck a nerve. And now you're about to see the southern plague serve. I heard it's not where you from, but where you pay rent. Then I heard it's not what you make. But how much you spend, you got me bent like elbows. Amongst other things, but I'm not worried. Cause when we set up in the party, like I'm out you scurry. So go get your fucking shine box and your sack of nickels. It tickles to see you try to be like Mr. Pickles. Daddy Fat Sax, B-I-G-B-O-I Is that same motherfucker that took them knuckles to your eye And I try to warn you not to test But you don't listen Giving a shout out to my uncle Donnell Locked yeah. up in prison Now throw your hands in the air And wave them like you just don't care And if you like fish and grits And all that pimp shit Everybody let me hear you say Oh yeah, Welcome everybody to the Trap Podcast I am your host Bill Botch It is Friday, December 22nd the Devils have now lost their third straight home game, and it is time for a change. And um, I was pretty adamant about my thoughts on Lindy Ruff from the very beginning of the season. A lot of people had thought I'd jump the shark, um, but this is where I'm at with this team. You know, going into the season, I looked at this four-game homestand going into the holidays and thought that this would be a great way to go into the winter break playing, you know, we had Anaheim, which we expected to be one of the worst teams in the league. We had Philadelphia, which was supposed to be at the bottom of the league. Edmonton, we knew was going to be tough, even though they got off to a slow start in this regular season. They fired Jay Woodcroft and they have had a dead cap bounce. The team has rebounded and looked like what we expected going into this season. This is a very, very disappointing three home losses in a row, which the team continues to have struggle with wins on home ice, which is extremely frustrating for its fan base. I mean, you make, you know, you make the investment, you you invest your time going up to the games and you have a good time, but to watch them be an under 500 team at home is very disappointing, especially when your schedule has lent itself. Um, you've had some easy matchups, but nothing seems to be easy for the Devils this year. You know, the question that I find myself asking is who is this team? What is this team's identity? Last year, the Devils made a huge jump from being a, an awful team two seasons ago to having a record-breaking regular season. They win a playoff round versus their rivals. But before that, I, would, we, I think we would all agree that the overall vibe around this team was good. It felt good. It felt right. Everybody played hard. They played for one another. It looked like the players were having fun, finding success for the first time. The Devils fan base was having the most fun that I can remember. And we went into this offseason. We lock up Jesper Bratt long-term on a good deal. We lock up Timo Meyer on a good deal. And this is the first time that the Devils were going to go into a regular season 
with legit expectations on them. There was a lot of hype around this team. I actually named one of the previous podcasts the Devil's Hype Machine prior to the season starting because it was ridiculous. I, I thought it was a little much. I did expect regression. It's only natural. You are not going to continue to have the best season in franchise history and over and over and over. You lost two important pieces on your back end, two veteran presence on your back end. One in Damon Severson, who was the longest tenured devil at the time, who could play on the power play, could play on the penalty kill, had a great first pass. And Ryan Graves, who was really a key to us in penalty killing. And I think that you're seeing the Devils are one of the worst penalty killing teams in the league. And a lot of that is due to the loss of Ryan Graves and Severson, more importantly, Graves. So I continue to ask myself, what is this team? Because even when the Devils win this year, it just hasn't felt right. There's been something off about the team. You know, we've yet to play a full game where it was a 60-minute game where we executed, our defense played well, our goaltenders played well, we played with structure, we played with speed and domination. We played multiple games like that last year, more than multiple. We played a, a lot of games like that last year. And if you remember when we had our losing streak in December, it still felt like we were playing good. So there was still this sort of hope and there was still this sort of comfort that Devils fans had knowing that, hey, listen, we're not getting the W's and getting the points right now. But if you look at the analytics and it's passing the eye test, the Devils are playing really hard and playing really good right now. And the same thing goes for this year where we're getting some W's and we're getting some wins it hasn't really felt like we've played our best yet. We haven't played that good. So I I start to wonder, and, you know, a lot of the, I've told you guys how I feel about Lindy Ruff. And I was probably the first person to come out and say on a, on a, you know, publicly on a, on a podcast or show or whatever, I don't think that this team can win a Stanley Cup with Lindy Ruff as the coach. With that said, Lindy Ruff has done an amazing job developing our young talent and to getting this team as to, to where it is today or last year. Unfortunately, this is not just a Lindy Ruff problem. This goes much deeper than Lindy Ruff. At some point, these players have to look in the mirror and figure out if they are have the you know, internal motivation to take this team to the next level. If you go back to the game on versus Philadelphia, they played a tight game. They probably should have won that game. The turnover by Hughes, you can't make plays like that when you're behind in the standings. You're looking to you're looking to fight for a playoff spot. You cannot make Completely reckless plays. Jack Hughes has been a complete liability. I understand he had a hat trick versus Columbus. At one point, we talked about it on billion dollar picks. He was at, he was averaging over four shots per game. 
that has literally fallen off of a cliff. He has been awful at five-on-five. He has one five-on-five point in the past eight games. Eight games. In order for this team to succeed, they need their superstar player to produce and drive play at five-on-five. He has eight shots on goal in his last six games. That's not good enough. It's not good enough. You cannot lead the team in giveaways with 33 and not produce offense. His faceoff percentage is a 36%. So when he's on the ice and he's in the circle, he's losing puck possession. He's turning the puck over too much and he's not driving play. And I understand that Jack Hughes is the most talented player on our team and this team will live and die by him. And it's like, whether that's fair or not, I I don't know what to tell you, but if the devils want to succeed, they need him to push play. It has been extremely frustrating. And there are I'm not this is not a Jack Hughes problem either. This is a this is a team problem. The effort that we saw from them last night, you know, they had this win versus Boston. And it was a real gutsy win. And I was really happy with the way that they played a tight game. That it wasn't just run and gun, you know, Harlem Globetrotter-ish. Complete lack of structure and discipline. I like that. I I like that. I got to see them play a dis, a disciplined game. But they follow it up and they lay a complete dud versus Anaheim. And this is one of the things that happens with this team is when things start to unravel, they go completely haywire. Jack doesn't have things go his way. He has the meltdown in the Anaheim game. The whole team melts down. If the the Devils control a first period and they get goalied by a John Gibson, and then in the second period, the opposing team comes out and scores a quick one right away, the team completely goes crazy. They let up five goals. Jack Hughes gets injured in St. Louis. The team completely cannot handle adversity that is a leadership problem that is a gut check problem that's everybody on the team needing to be a man and stand up and fight adversity you can't unravel every time something doesn't go exactly your way when everything goes their way and they play with speed and they tic-tac-toe everything it looks great They're filled, they're riddled with skill throughout the entire lineup. But that's not the way hockey's played. You're going to have shit go the opposite way. You have to be man enough to get in there and get your hands dirty and do the hard things. Look at a guy like Dawson Mercer. Look what he was willing to do for this team over the past three seasons compared to what he's doing now. Dawson Mercer is invincible right now. Maybe not invincible, invisible. You get what I'm saying? Dawson Mercer has eight hits on the entire season. In 31 games, he's got eight hits. You don't think that's a problem? 
Mercer's game is built around fighting for pucks, winning loose battles, getting in the hard areas of the ice. That's why he's been a non-factor. It's like, dude, this is a contract year. What are you doing? He's got 14 points in 31 games. This is regression. He's 48% in the the face-off circle. Not good enough. Not good enough. And you look at him and you're like, why the hell is he playing center to begin with? He was 42% in the face-off circle last year and 35% the year before. It has not worked with him as a third-line center. He should be on the wing. Halla or Mike McLeod should be playing third-line center. This is very, very easy. And this is my problem that I have with Lindy Ruff. The lineup decisions are head-scratching time and time and time again. Are you telling me, as a Devil fan, and there's people that will stick up for Lindy Ruff until the day that they die, and I find it to be crazy, while it's definitely not all on him, as this is a serious question. Do you, you understand what it takes to get to, the, to win a Stanley Cup? You understand the sacrifice that it takes. You also understand the coaching decisions that are made and the lineup decisions and when to put people on the ice and who to put the people on the ice with and when to play a goaltender and ride a hot goaltender and do this and pull a goalie or call a timeout. Are you trying to tell me right now with the lineup decisions you've seen Lindy Ruff make that he is capable of making all of those correct decisions that will lead you to a Stanley Cup? We can't even rely on him on a night-to-night basis to roster our most talented players. Last night, Holtz had seven minutes of ice time. He had three minutes, he had three minutes less ice time than the next highest player on our team. The night before in Philly, he had nine minutes of ice time, the least ice player on the Devils, two minutes less than everybody else. Are, we, are you still trying to tell me that you think that Alex Holtz is the problem with the New Jersey Devils? It's like career sabotage. I get it that Colin Miller was having a kid, and that's why Brendan Smith was playing. But like to, to continue to get up in press conferences and defend this guy to your grave, Lindy, give us a break. We're watching the game. We know what's going on. The horrible pinching being out of position, the taking stupid penalties over and over. He's a great penalty killer. That's what you continue to lean on. He's in the penalty box more than he's killing penalties. What are you talking about? He takes penalties at the worst time in a game. He was hemmed in yesterday over and over and over. The Devils came out versus Edmonton in the first period, sleepwalk. They were sleepwalking. It took 25 seconds for Edmonton to score a goal. Schmid looks like he cannot stop a beach ball. I get it. Schmid was great in the playoffs versus the Rangers. He won us that. He he did. He single-handedly, he came in and he won us that series. And I like Akira Schmid. And he's calm. And I think that he plays the position the right way. He has not looked good. And he does not have enough games under his belt to look this bad for this long. There's a chance that Akira Schmidt might not be in the NHL three, four years from now. That's the way he's playing. So they score two on him right out of the shoot. 
He gets pulled out of the game. You put VTech in. VTech hasn't looked any better. It's like everybody's seen the picture. It's VTech has his back to Connor McDavid. I get it. He got spun around. It, it was it was a bizarre play, but come on, man. VTech is seventy second in the league with a point eight eight three save percentage, and Schmidt is fifty ninth. Zero point eight nine three. If you want to go against like guys who have played in 10 or more games, Schmidt would be 31st and VTech would be 59th for the most goals against. They've been awful. And you can't, you can't not blame Tom Fitzgerald for this. Tom Fitzgerald has been incredible at getting people to believe in New Jersey and getting free agents to come here and making trades happen and, and, you know, coming out on the winning side and signing favorable contracts, which is huge. I love Tom Fitzgerald. So this is not, I'm not bashing Tom Fitzgerald, but I'm just telling it like it is. You knew coming into this season that the Devils had a huge question mark in the crease and you didn't do anything about it. And now you're on the outside looking in, you're going into the holiday season. You just dropped three in a row. You have the worst goalie tandem in the entire NHL. And you can't even fire your coach if you thought that that would be, you know what, sometimes they make coaches, they make an example out of a head coach and they'll fire him and it'll just be a move to get everybody going because you can't get rid of everybody on your team. It's too hard to move all the players on your team. So a guy like Jay Woodcroft, he gets the ax he gets his head chopped off, and all of a sudden Edmonton bounces back, and they know that it's all on them at this point. You can't even do that with Lindy Ruff because you haven't given him an opportunity to win because he hasn't had any goaltending. You knew this all along. You're at the point now, and they've looked like shit all year. You're at the point now where this is getting away from you. So what are you going to do? Are you going to punt this season, which I don't think he wants to do? Or are you going to go out and try to make a move for a goaltender? And everybody knows that you're desperate, so you're going to have to overpay for them. And do you want to start trading away assets and trading away part of your future in order to get a goalie who you're not 100% on that you don't know if he's going to be the long-term answer? We talked about Askarov. I would love him. He's going to cost a lot. I don't think... Nashville would want to get rid of him. All right, so John Gibson. At this point, you know, Carolina's looking for a goaltender. You know, Edmonton's looking for a goaltender. You know, Toronto's looking for a goaltender. These are all teams that are in win-now mode right now. So you're going to have to battle with these with these guys. You know, last night, despite losing... The previous two home games, the way that they did, in ugly, ugly fashion, in games that you should have won, when you can't afford to lose games, when when teams like Anaheim are coming to the East Coast and they're playing the Rangers and they're playing the Flyers and they're playing the Capitals and all the teams in the Metro are beating them and then you lose to them, despite all of that, despite 
your star player turning a puck over on a bonehead play in overtime versus the Philadelphia Flyers, who were supposed to be dog shit and are now ahead, now looking down at you in the standings and you blow a four-point game. Despite all of that, Devil fans came with energy last night. There was a that building was electric. People were excited and backing the team. And Timo Meyer scores his first goal in what feels like a decade. And the let's go Timo Meyer chants were going. The Timo Meyer chant was going. And the vibes were good. We got out of that first period after playing like shit and were able to get on the board. And we were in it. And we're winning going into the third period. And you let up three goals in a minute? That's inexcusable. That's inexcusable. You have a lead going into the third period in your own barn in a must win, and you let up three goals in a minute. Completely unravel. Unacceptable. The Devils are now 27th in the NHL in goal differential at a minus 10. Second worst in the NHL in save percentage. Second worst in the NHL, 89.67. You know, one of the things that Lindy Ruff brought up in the press conference was we ain't, we're not drawing any penalties. I mean, you can have the best power play in the league, but if you're never on the power play, what does it matter? We are not drawing penalties and know how you don't draw penalties. You're not skating hard and our feet are not moving. We are 29th in the league in drawing penalties. We are worst in the NHL when it comes to rebound goals against. It's like every puck that goes on net turns into a rebound. And rebound goals against is our guys are not tying anybody up in front of the net. It's like Kevin Ball. It's like, dude, you're six foot seven. You're 220 pounds. Play with some kind of physicality. Just in front of your net. Protect your net, dude. Siegenthaler has been a mess. Luke Hughes, we knew this. Luke Hughes has had trouble. We knew that this was going to happen. He's a young kid. You're playing a 19-year-old or a 20-year-old rookie defenseman, and you're giving him minutes. Did you not think that this was going to happen? Do you not think that this is going to happen with Nemitz? And there's people that are literally crazy enough to talk about, well, Nemitz looks really good, so you know we don't even need Dougie Hamilton. And maybe Dougie Hamilton going down is not the worst thing that's ever happened. And you know Dougie Hamilton, uh, you know we could trade him and we could get something for Dougie Hamilton. It's like, kidding me? Are you kidding me? Dougie Hamilton was a plus 23 last year and had 74 points and 22 goals. Do you remember, he played 22 minutes of ice time on average. Do you remember 
How many clutch goals Dougie Hamilton scored last year? He had seven game-winning goals. That's not counting game-tying goals. So he won. He gave us 14 points single-handedly. Dougie Hamilton was an absolute beast. And the only thing that people say is, well, he hasn't played that great defensively. It's because he's always playing offense. So when he gets beat, yeah, he's getting beat on a rush when the puck comes out of the zone. So sure, he's not the greatest defensive defenseman, but he tilts the ice so much that the thought that we're not missing him that much and the thought that he's expendable is completely crazy. The Devils, listen, you guys know that I am a huge Nemitz guy. Huge. I think he's had shit. Talk about 10 games for a rookie defenseman at 19 years old. He's looked just about as good as you can look. He is our brightest spot. He has been arguably our best defenseman. He's the only one that can make a freaking outlet pass too. It's like Smith just throws the puck down the ice over and over and over. We can't, we can't make a first pass. Nemitz has been the only bright spot when it comes to your, your first pass and transitioning the puck out of the zone. The, the lack of effort is something that I is a, is a bigger problem than Lindy Ruff. And I think that Ruff's voice and his, and his, uh, you know, how he wants to motivate the team has clearly gotten old. You know what I did notice in Nico Heischer's press conference last night when he was being interviewed, he did not sound very happy with Lindy Ruff and not, and the, and the team not being addressed by him yet. And this is not the first time that this has happened. I think I do not think that Lindy Ruff and Nico Heischer are super tight the way a captain and a head coach should be. You know, if you remember, after the horrible season when Jack Hughes came out and he basically vouched for Lindy Ruff and said, I want him to be there, it's like, dude, shut up. Why don't you let the general manager control the personnel decisions? And he stepped out of line. And he put Tom Fitzgerald in a weird situation to where if he did fire Ruff and move on from him, you would be going against what your star, your superstar face of the franchise player wanted. Nico Heischer made it a point to not mention anything about Ruff. And I think there has been frustration on Nico Heischer's part regarding the coaching decisions. I also think that it's ridiculous that this system which I don't know what the system is. How could a guy that loves straight line players, fourth line type players have a system that is so insanely complicated that it takes every player that comes in three months to learn? It doesn't look like a system at all. It looks like pond hockey. And when it's good, we look like the Harlem Globetrotters. And when it's bad, we look like the bad news bears. And it's been bad. And you have too many people who are extremely talented and getting paid a lot. And that shouldn't matter, but they're extremely talented players that are not producing. 
Timo Meyer. Timo Meyer is trying to be a pro's pro. He is out there and he is playing injured and he's not saying anything. He's not making excuses. He has looked awful. You can tell that he's injured. And the rumor is that he has an MCL or an ACL injury. That is not something that just heals overnight. That is a legit serious injury. The devil's medical staff has been questioned more than once. Mackenzie Blackwood being the, being the most recent, but if they're seriously throwing Meyer out there, he's never going to say that he doesn't want to play. He's a competitor. He's a pro. He just signed this long term deal. He wants to be there for his team. The guy has said all the right things. He's been benched. He admitted that he wasn't playing good and that I want to go out there and produce and do that and do this and do that. He's been nothing but a professional. If the guy is injured and he's costing you and he's costing you and he's a liability, let the guy heal. I don't know how long an MCL, depending on the severity of the injury, I don't know how long that's going to take to heal. But if you need surgery, do it now, dude. And I mean, Russ's going to continue to throw him out there too. But it felt good to see him score yesterday, even though it was a loss. I mean, it just seems it's, this is so broken right now. And there's no easy fix. There's no easy fix. I do believe this is one of the things that concerns me too. I don't think that Tom Fitzgerald is going to fire Lindy Ruff. I think he's going to ride him out for the rest of the year. And the Devils, just based on talent alone, should be able to go 500. But 500 hockey is not what this team is worth. This team is better than 500 hockey. And you're going to blame the injuries in the beginning of the season. You're going to blame the goaltending. And you can't fire the guy if you don't have any goaltending at all. But all you're doing is wasting a season of these kids' careers. You're wasting a season of entry-level contracts. You know, I, I I literally brought up Noah Hannafin. I said, I think that he would be a good fit. The Devils now have $9 million in cap, cap space. You put Dougie on LTIR. Go after it. Like, if you're going to go after it, go after it. He's, he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. The guy plays, I mean, Hannafin plays. He's plays 82 games every year. And you're looking for somebody that can lead by example. He can do that. I know people don't like him. I actually, I, I don't have a problem with him. And then sure enough, today on 32 Thoughts, they bring up Noah Hannafin seems like the perfect fit for the Devils. And I couldn't agree. I mean, it sucks that we're even talking about him because that means that there's something clearly very wrong right now. But I don't think that the Devils are ready to just punt this season and chalk this season up as a loss. The scary part is that the schedule is going to get harder. This is the easiest part of the schedule, and we're already behind. You have a couple layups. You have Detroit coming in tomorrow. They played in Winnipeg last night. 
or two nights ago. And then they're flying to Philadelphia and they're playing the second part of a back-to-back versus us. We're at home in our beds, a day's rest. Detroit's struggling big time. They've lost seven of their last eight games. If the Devils lose tomorrow, all hell's going to break loose. You had the fire Lindy. Trust me, they were trying to get the fire Lindy chant going in, at the Rock last night. The Boo Birds were out. Jack Hughes looks like a shell of himself. I didn't think Nico Heischer's been great since he's been back. Last night was not his his best game. You know, would you expect Eric Halla to have better numbers than Dawson Mercer halfway through the season? You know, we're 30 games into the season. Halla's got 15 points in five less games, and he's got 29 hits, 54% in the circle. Mercer's got eight hits, 14 points with five more games, and he's 48% in the circle. The lineup decisions don't make any sense. So that's why I have a problem with Ruff. If you look at the lineup decisions that he's went with in practice today, he's got Toffoli with Hughes and Bratt, and he's got Pilat with Heischer, and who would be next? Holt? Oh, he's got Lazar. Why is Lazar playing on the second line? That's crazy. Lazar has been great. No doubt about it. He's been great. But he's a fourth-line player. Mike McLeod should be getting more ice time. The team plays better when Mike McLeod's on the ice. No doubt about it. So you're going to play Halla on the fourth line with Tierney and Holtz. Come on. What are we doing? I actually like this Meyer, McLeod, Mercer line. But put... Holtz up with Heischer and Palat and put Lazar with Halla and Tyranny. And it's this kind of ridiculous roster management that we've seen over and over and over since Lindy Ruff has been here. And you had Meyer playing pretty, you know what? He played on Heischer's wing and that's where he looked his best. It lasted one game. It's like the consistent line blenders. It's like, I understand what you're doing. You're trying to get people going. But if you have a guy that you just paid $9 million and a guy like Meyer who scored 40 goals and he's looking for a little bit of consistency, just let him play with somebody for 10 games. The same thing with Holtz. Holtz is consistently playing on a different line with different people. You buried him. He was actually playing pretty good. Now he's playing with Tyranny? Come on. This, doesn't, this isn't rocket scientists. This is simple shit. It's like... There's a reason Lindy Ruff's never won the Stanley Cup as a coach. You have to push every button correctly. We can't even make it through a weekend where you're not scratching your head looking at the lineups. Don't don't try to tell me that Lazar is a better goal scorer and belongs in the top six over Alex Holtz. We're watching the games. You're being ridiculous. Put your personal shit aside and play the your best players in the best, give them the best opportunity to succeed. And the same goes for your goaltending. You got two shitbag goaltenders. I get it. That sucks. But guess what? 
Play them when they deserve to play. Don't let Schmid wait three weeks before his next start. That sounds pretty stupid, no? It's not like Vitek's lighting up the world in his 1A and like he's going to take 70% of all the, you know, he's going to play 70% of all the games. He hasn't earned that right. You got you to gotta get these guys a rhythm, something. Have a little fire on the bench. If, you're, if your message is getting stale, show some fucking passion, dude. It's ridiculous. This team is shit in the bed. And honestly, Tom Fitzgerald, this one's on you, dude. Time to wake the fuck up. Season's about to get away from you really quick. Completely inconsistent team. You don't know what you're going to get night from night, and they haven't had a win that you felt really good about yet. You haven't played one game that you felt good about. Very disappointing. Very, very disappointing. Three goals in one minute going into the third period at home with a lead. You surrender three goals in one minute. You don't deserve to win shit. And we should not be talking about the Stanley Cup. And we should not be talking about playoff runs. We should be talking about getting our shit together before the season's completely gone. And that's what we're doing today. I hope everybody has a Merry Christmas and has had a Happy Hanukkah. Um, I'll be at the game tomorrow. If you see me, feel free to come say hello. Till then... You've been listening to the Trap Podcast. My name's Bill Botch. For the Pickle, the Tickle, Patty Shambro, and everybody in between, we uh, wish you guys the best. Go Devils.